Welcome to the Dr. Doug Show, where I bring together two critical components of self-mastery, health span and mindset. The topics presented here will help you to improve both your body and your mind and help you to live better, longer. So today, I want to talk about a nutrition topic. Now, nutrition is as controversial as religion and politics, but there was a recent study that provoked me to want to have this discussion and have this podcast out there available for you guys. So stick around because we're going to talk about this study that proved that red meat causes diabetes. For those listening, that was in air quotes. I want to talk about studies like this, the potential takeaways from research like this, even if I don't necessarily agree with the results, uh, but what you can do with research like this and how you can read into it and try to get something positive out of it, if any. Three, two, one. Okay, so to lay a little groundwork, I haven't actually talked a lot about nutrition on this podcast so far. So if you're new to this channel, don't worry, you haven't missed anything. But my preference for nutrition from a health optimization perspective is that A, everybody's optimized diet is going to be different. But in general, I recommend an omnivore diet. I like a protein forward diet, getting adequate protein, which for me, for most people is going to be around a gram per pound of body weight. And that's desired body weight if you're overweight, but still an omnivore diet where tolerated vegetables, particularly starchy vegetables, some grains like rice and even oatmeal if you have to have it, fruit for dessert, uh, and raw dairy if tolerated, all of that comes together to have a varied diet. Um, I do like to recommend that people avoid added sugar, highly processed foods, gluten-containing grains, and nuts and seeds are, yeah, some people love them. That's fine. I choose not to eat them. Uh, I think if people are doing well on their diet, then that's fine. Let them do it. But the study that I want to talk about today is the study that's called Red Meat Intake and the Risk of Type 2 Diabetes in a Prospective Cohort Study of United States Females and Males. What they said in this study and the conclusion was that intakes of total processed and unprocessed red meat were positively and approximately linearly associated with a higher risk of type 2 diabetes. So let me just explain what that means. So essentially what they're saying is that the more unprocessed and processed red meat that you eat is linearly associated, meaning that the more of it you consume, the more of it you'll have risk of type 2 diabetes. And they go on to further say in the conclusion that there is a percentage lower risk of substituting one serving of nuts and legumes for red meat, which would reduce your risk by 30%. They broke that down then. If you were to substitute one serving of processed red meat with nuts and legumes, it would reduce it by 41% and unprocessed red meat by 29%, saying basically that processed red meat is a little bit worse. Probably true. And then they go on to say that substituting one serving of dairy for unprocessed red meat was also associated with a significantly lower risk of type 2 diabetes. And that was processed red meat too. So essentially, they're saying that red meat causes diabetes. Now, we all have bias. And my bias says that that's probably bullshit. Because it doesn't make any sense from a physiologic perspective. But I want to be objective. So the first question I have when I look at studies like this where my, my red flag goes up and say, this doesn't make any sense at all. 
I want to get a sense of where this study is coming from, who is publishing it, where is it being published from, um, is there bias in the in the author or in the source, um, and then kind of dig into the details because I have proven myself wrong by being open-minded and looking at things that didn't make sense from my biased perspective. So let's dig into this study. Does it make sense? Well, let's look at the bias side. So where did it come from? Well, it came from Harvard, reasonably uh, respected institution, okay. And the primary author was Dr. Walter Willett. Now, Dr. Willett has published numerous studies on the impact of red meat on health, overall mortality, cardiovascular mortality, cancer. He's an advocate for a, a fully plant-based diet. So there is likely some bias there. Now, researchers should be able to publish outside of their own bias, but it's tough to do. As a human, all humans are biased. All humans are influenced by the sphere around them. So, you know, maybe there's an issue here. We'll look into that. Dr. Willett also very openly recommends eating no more than three and a half ounces of meat per day and says that if you want to truly optimize your health, you should eat no more than a few ounces of red meat one time per week, which is obviously a very, very low amount. So, you know, concern that that bias is going to then bleed into this study. But let's still get into this study because there's some interesting details in here. And there actually are some takeaways that I was surprised at when I actually got <laughs> past my own uh, challenges with this topic and looked into what they were saying. There are some interesting things. And I think there are some things that we can pull out of this, even if we think that the general conclusion is, is not something that I would relate to my patients for sure. So this study was, again, 2023. It's a new study. And what's kind of funny about this from the get-go is that they call it a, a prospective cohort study. And it sounds like they did this, this big new study on 216,000 participants and that it was a big, you know, a big to-do. But really what they did is use data from other studies. So they used the nurse's health study and the health professional study, which are historic studies on nurses and health professionals, which includes men, and they're big studies. So we have a lot of people to, to use the data from. Um, I've looked at these studies before. I've talked about them on other platforms. The first time I've talked about them here. Um, and these studies did collect a lot of data. It's true. So there is some information that you can glean out of this. What they used in both of these studies are food frequency questionnaires. And if you're not familiar with these things, these are these forms that you would fill out that would say, uh, you know, how often have you eaten this in the last whatever the time frame is? And they did these questionnaires every two to four years. So imagine filling out a form and like, how often did you eat a product consuming meat, containing meat rather, in the last two years? So for me, I mean, I, I think I know what I ate for breakfast this morning. Um, but what did I eat for breakfast four months ago, eight months ago, 24 months ago? Man, I, I have no idea. Um, so I think it, they're, they're woefully inaccurate out of the gate. Um, but then when you start looking at the different categories, what is considered to be a processed meat would be like hot dogs, bacon, meat sandwiches. Yeah, sandwiches. That actually includes other things, right? That actually includes bread, usually for most people, except for maybe me. And then unprocessed meat would be any kind of ground beef, other cuts of beef, so like steaks. Um, and then they also include unprocessed meat as pork and lamb. And then they say as part of a main dish. Now, a main dish then could include also sandwiches. It could, could include a hamburger with the bun. It could include lasagna. It could probably include for some people pizza. So this is one of the biggest issues I see is that people that are going to consume meat in addition to other things mostly 
because not everybody's going to eat just meat on a plate like I do for the most part. But most people are going to consume it with something else. So then is it the meat that's causing the issue or is it is it something else? And so again, saying that both processed and unprocessed meats are associated with an increased risk of type 2 diabetes, really, it's a global statement that we have to take into consideration of the other things that you are likely consuming with it. They go on to say in the results that both males and females and I'm going to quote this, those with a higher total red meat intake had a higher BMI, total energy intake, meaning more calories. They were less physically active, more likely to be current smokers, and were less likely to use multivitamins. So that's actually a, a really nice way to describe what's called the healthy user bias, meaning that people that are going to eat meat versus people that are not going to eat meat are generally going to be less healthy. And they just said it less physically active, more likely to be smokers, higher BMI. So are those people more likely to develop diabetes? Of course they are. So then let's take a step back here and say, okay, well, how is, how is it possible from, from my education and perspective that meat consumption is going to cause diabetes? And the answer is it really doesn't make sense if you look at diabetes as a carbohydrate intolerance problem, as I do. For the vast majority of people, people will consume more carbohydrates than they can consume. Their metabolism could be broken for a lot of reasons, and that's kind of a different question. But for the most part, something happens to the metabolism, more carbohydrates than they can tolerate. They end up with insulin resistance, which then causes an increase in the hormone insulin. And ultimately, in the end, your cells get too resistant and your blood sugar starts to rise and that creates diabetes. But meat has zero carbohydrate in it if you're consuming just meat. And how could something with zero carbohydrates actually cause diabetes? Well, they have they actually promote some some theories here. And so I was surprised on some of these, and I did look into this, and it does make sense to some extent. So um, at first glance, I would say it doesn't make sense at all. But I mentioned earlier that the metabolism has to be broken at some point, and the things that break the metabolism can be a lot of different things. So some of the things they point out here are actually kind of legitimate. So let's talk about these. Now, saturated fat gets a bad rap, and, and you'll hear people, uh, influencers on social media, et cetera, talk about the fact that saturated fat isn't bad. I wish that were true, but if you look at it from a genetics perspective, there are people, people that have the APOE gene, for example, uh, where saturated fat potentially does cause an inflammatory reaction. And one of the things they bring up here is that saturated fat could have a negative impact on what's called the beta cells in the pancreas, and that could potentially provoke insulin resistance. So could saturated fat cause diabetes? I mean, I feel like if that were true, our ancestors who ate a very high saturated fat diet would have had diabetes, and yet we didn't really see that uh, until the modern era. So probably not that alone. Now, another interesting thing they brought up is heme iron. Now, heme iron specifically comes um, in red meat in high quantities. And iron is a strong pro-oxidant. Iron does provoke oxidative stress, and that could potentially provoke insulin resistance, which could potentially lead to diabetes. But the challenge here is, and this is something I've looked at quite a lot and I've talked to our patients about, is that, that iron itself is inflammatory. But our body is really good at not absorbing iron unless our iron metabolism is broken. And that iron metabolism can be broken for a lot of reasons, but usually it's from a nutrient deficiency. Uh, I don't want to get into it now because it'll take a long time. But essentially, I don't think the red meat is the issue. I think it's the fact that if this is the problem, then we're not processing iron appropriately. So uh, again, I don't think that that's going to cause it unless there's an underlying issue and maybe it could make it worse. 
but if that's the case, we should fix the underlying issue, not avoid the nutrient-dense source of protein. So for me, I don't really see that red meat has a logical way to cause diabetes. There might be some things associated with this, uh, with consumption of red meat that, again, we need to fix the underlying issue or potentially just understand the genetics around saturated fat and you can eat around that and still consume red meat and not develop diabetes. So I look at it like this, which is studies like this are going to, to include if you were to include hamburger, it's going to include somebody who's eating a meal that is a cheeseburger with fries and a milkshake uh, or, you know, a big lasagna dinner that has a little bit of beef in it or honestly like a sausage pizza, which is mostly grains. And they're going to call it a meat meal and that that meat meal is then associated with diabetes. And I just don't think that we can compare that kind of a diet to a well-designed diet that is protein forward from well-raised animal products. So I think that that's something that we really have to take into consideration as we look at this and call it, call it what it is. My argument here is that studies like this have a bias to eliminate meat from our food source. And when you look at somebody who has a strong bias like Dr. Willett, then you can think that man, they're going to do everything they can to try to eliminate meat for whatever reason. And my perspective is we should not eliminate meat because we're concerned about our health, because it doesn't reduce or impact our health negatively. It's only going to impact our health positively. And it also not save the environment. So eliminating meat will not save you or the environment. So let's really pick on some other things, which are going to potentially have the impact that we want to. So overall, I think that this study is pretty biased. I think that um, it is trying to give yet another reason for the media to to support the idea of eliminating meat, to really push this agenda. And I think it's unfortunate that Harvard allows Dr. Willett to use their name and their influence uh, to push this kind of information forward. So that's all I have on this topic. I hope that we can see through a study like this and recognize that perhaps there are some underlying issues that we could address uh, from a health optimization perspective, but not eliminating meat because we're concerned that it's gonna cause diabetes. So that's it. Remember, my friends, that we are created for greatness. So seek optimal, not average. Don't be afraid to be extraordinary because that's what it takes. If you haven't already, consider joining our HealthSpan Nation. If you want more topics like this, you want to be able to ask me and my team questions, join HealthSpan Nation by going to drdouglucas.com healthspan or click the link in the description below. In the HealthSpan Nation, we do a weekly Zoom topic-driven Q&A. Uh, get so many fun questions. We have a lot of people that show up and get a lot of information out of this. We also have a community where people can talk to each other for community engagement. And this is also where we host our, our uh, discounts and affiliate products and services. And we're going to have an educational vault starting in uh, 2024. So, so many good opportunities here to help improve your own health, support a community of like-minded individuals. And I hope to see you there. If not, I'll see you on the next video. This presentation is for general informational purposes only, does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice. No doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information and the materials linked to this presentation are at the user's own risk. The content in this presentation is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay obtaining medical advice for any medical condition they have, and they should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions.